Well, thank you so much for, uh, and thank your pastor for inviting me out to be a part of your service this morning. I'm excited about it. Um, it's just good to be here. Um, let me, um, before we get started, let me just tell you a little bit about myself. My name is Jesse. I'm an uh, associate pastor over, assistant pastor over at the City Church, where Pastor Ray Harmon uh, is the pastor. He and I go way back. And he knows your pastor, and so we all get together, and we connect, and we believe together, and where the opportunity presents, we come and we help each other out. Uh, and so uh, I'm excited, because I'm one of those guys who doesn't get to preach every Sunday, but when I get a chance, man, it's like uh, we're all excited. Uh, we're still nervous. I think if you're not nervous, something's wrong with you. Uh, whenever you do something especially that you enjoy, uh, and, uh, and that you know that God has called uh, you to do. I'm married. I got a wonderful wife, been married to her for so long, 30-some years. I can't forget, I forget sometimes exactly when you get in the 30s, you know, it's 33, 34, one of those. <laughs> and uh, uh, when you've you just been so long, I've been long, I've been married longer than I was single. So, you know, that's, how, that's what I remember. Uh, I have three beautiful children. I have a, 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 a three grown children and three grandkids. Uh, and uh, so I'm a blessed man, and I get to minister the wonderful word of God. And I'm excited about being here. Uh, not to put you on a sad note or anything, uh, but the, I had talked to Pastor uh, uh, Todd uh, a few weeks ago, and we had talked about what we are going to minister, and we were going to continue uh, in the book of Acts, uh, in the 10th chapter, I believe, is where he had left off. And that was our intent. That was our, our purpose and our goal. Uh, but uh, the last couple of days, last Friday, uh, and this is not a sad note, uh, my brother-in-law had to have emergency heart surgery. And so it was Friday, and I'm like, oh, I get the phone call, and oh, gee, it's not a fun thing, it's not a happy thing. So we rushed to the hospital, and up there with my sister, and she's pretty frantic. Uh, and we're a little sad and uh, taken back, uh, but we know who sits on the throne, and we begin to put our faith and our trust in God that all things will work for the best. And so uh, I'm there in the hospital all night. Uh, on top of that, uh, my niece's graduation was that night. So here it is, her father's in the hospital with emergency service, her mother's trying to take care of him, brother-in-law's coming in, trying to do his best and support the family. Thank God that we live in the same area. So I stay there at the hospital with my brother-in-law and they go to their graduation. So I felt like I was playing a big part in, in supporting my family. Uh, but that night, I spent a lot of time with the Lord. I was able to he was in surgery, I was there by myself, someone else was in the room, and so I began to pray and just believe God, of course, for a successful surgery and that my brother-in-law would be well, but God spoke to me in a number of other areas as well. I thought about how I was fighting a fight and how everyone, my brother-in-law was fighting a fight, how I was fighting the fight in prayer and, and faith in God, and we all were fighting, and so the Lord laid on my heart, why don't you share with the people of how important it is not to give up on the fight of faith, and that's what I got. And so that night, I changed everything uh, in a matter of hours. And so with that, let me say thank you once again for allowing me to be here. My name is Jesse, and today's message is going to be fight the good fight. Amen? So what we're going to do, we're going to put our first slide up, and it's going to come from uh, 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter, the 12th verse. And we're gonna, can we read that together, please? I want you to, we're going to read it twice. Uh, read it with me. Let's begin. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now, I want you to read it with me one more time. 
now that you've read it once, because now you've got it. All right, we've got it now, right? We've got it. We can see it. Let's read it once again. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. A good fight is a fight that you what? Win. <laughs> That's a good fight. Uh, I've been in a few fights. There have been some fights that I've lost, uh, and there have been some fights that I have won. And the best fights are the ones when you can come home and give the testimony of how you threw your right, threw your left, or whatever the fight may have been, that you won the fight. Whenever I think about fighting, I think about those stories uh, that you have when you grew up. When I was growing up, uh, we were always, always in some kind of little skirmish or some kind of little fight with the fellow kids in the neighborhood. When I was small, my mother used to take me to my grandmother's house up in the country. We lived in the country, but the other part of the country, the country country. You know, you had the country, and then you had the country country. Okay, in the country country, you had an outhouse. Okay, in the country, you had just a regular restroom, you know, and part of it. Anyway, uh, we, she would take us and drop us off in the summer because we would stay with my grandmother while she and my dad went to work. My sister and I, we would go and in that area, you know, you had a whole new set of friends. You know, you had your friends where you lived, and then you had a set of friends at Grandma's house. And up there, you know, we, we had fun. They had hogs. They had chickens. They had uh, a horse. Uh, it was kind of a rural area. And there were only about five houses in the area where we lived. And so there were different families. There was the Nance family on the hill. There was the Jones family across the street. There was a Hamilton family, which was my, uh, my grandmother's uh, last name. And then there, were the, there was the Crutcher family down the hill. And in those families, in those days, we would come together and we would play together. We had to walk, you know, a couple of hundred yards to each to the main play area. And sometimes in those areas, people would have Bible studies. There would be different churches who would come out and they'd have a little Bible study somewhere in the area. And so this church had come out and they were having a Bible study at the Nancy's home on top of the hill. And so, of course, only about five homes we all went there, and so we got up there, we went, my sister and I, my younger sister, uh, my older sister didn't go that day, and then the Crutcher family was there, and the, the Nance family was there, and the Jones family, all kids were in the ages between 11 and about 15. And so we're up there, and, and we have a great time, you know, a great Bible study, and so one of the things that they were doing, they were giving out these records, if you answer certain questions right or did whatever they asked you to do, and you could win a record. And so my sister won a record. She was so happy and so proud of her record. And I was like, wow, that's pretty neat. And so then the Bible study was over. It was about over. And one of the other kids took my sister's record, took it from her. So she came to me. <gasps> she was crying. And she said, and she called me by my nickname that I will not say. Uh, you know, we all have those nicknames. Some of us have those nicknames you don't want to share with anyone uh, anymore. And when you go home, you make sure you tell them to call me by this name and not that old name. But anyway, she came to me and said, nickname brother, nickname brother. And I said, what baby? And, she, and we had all kinds of names. She said, the name was Tacky Man, took my record. I said, oh, wh wh where is he? So I go over and Tacky Man, these are the kinds of names that we had. They'll just give you an idea. Took my record. So I went to Tacky Man. I said, Tacky Man, did you take my sister's record? He says, yes, I have it. Now, Tacky Man and his family, not to be disrespectful, were little people. But they were older than me, a couple of them, so they were stronger. They were little people. 
and uh, they had a family, it was a, and their names were Big Alma, Peewee, and Tacky Man, the three of them, all right, and, uh, and uh, we used to fight all the time, and you know, you always fight and have a little skirmish, it's just it's a normal thing when you're kids and you're growing up, and so I went and I said, I need to get my sister's record back, Tacky Man, give it to me, I was about 12, and so we wrestled and I took the record back. Why did I do that? Because now the whole family, now it's a family thing, the whole, it's like the Hatfields and the McCoys. Now the whole family has come against my sister and I, and I see them coming. You know, and they're small. I'm taller than they are, but they're older and stronger. They have muscles. I didn't have any muscles yet, you know, but you could see their muscles. And so we began to run down the hill. We were running down the hill, and my sister was in front running. I said, you go ahead and run in the front, and I'll take up the rear. You just get home as quick as you can, and here's your record. Take the record with you. So she ran down the hill, and I was right behind her, protecting her from the enemy. And we began, and we fought a little bit, and I would run a little bit, and I would fight a little bit because it was about 100 yards to our house. And we were going down the road, and then they picked up rocks and began to throw rocks. And so I picked up rocks, and I threw rocks back. And so now we're in a rock fight. These were kids in the country, you know, you know walking, walking down the road, there were rocks on the dirt road. So we were throwing rocks, having a rock fight, and we kept moving. And then the lady lived on the hill. She saw what was going on. Her name was Callie Sue. And so she saw the whole thing, and I was going home. And when I got home, the whole family followed us into our yard. And my grandmother comes outside and says, what's going on out here? Of course, you know, everything ceased when grandma comes out on the porch. She was about five foot two and full of fire little bitty woman but man she when you when she spoke we listened and uh, grandmother came out and she settled the whole matter and told those young kids to go home because I had taken the record back I was so happy because it was like uh, getting home to the father getting home to God I am now safe and I have won the fight I took the record I got it back and I had won the fight every day we're going to be in a fight how many of you know that the Bible says, but we need to learn how to fight the right fight. We're not out fighting against flesh and blood, as one verse says. We're not fighting against your employer. You're not fighting against uh, your spouse. You're not fighting against your kids. Uh, but you're fighting the good fight of faith. And what I want to do today is I want to take you to a story in the Bible. It's in Exodus. And we're going to read this, these verses just for a moment. And we're going to use this uh, as the text of our story in fighting the good fight of faith. If you put that second slide there, I would certainly appreciate it. This is a story from the Bible about the children of Israel crossing the desert. God had told them to, to move out to the promised land, and so they're on their way. They're doing what God has asked them to do. Have you ever found yourself doing what God asked you to do, and you found yourself in a fight on the way? Well, surely this this is this what God asked me to do? Certainly it is. When you're, in the God, when you're in the will of God, that's when you're going to run in most of your fights, when you do what God asks you to do. When you obey the word of God, sometimes it's a little difficult. Sometimes it can be a struggle. So here we find the children of Israel traveling across the desert, heading to the promised land as God had asked them to do. It says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Joshua, Choose us some good men and go out and fight with Amalek. Sometimes you're going to have to fight. He's saying, Joshua, you're going to have to go down there and fight. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur 
went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Sometimes you're going to have to fight all day, from, new, from morning until evening. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in a book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is My Banner. Man, what a wonderful and a beautiful story. Here we see Moses and the children of Israel fighting the good fight of faith. Now, for our lesson today, let me just give you a quick definition of how we're going to use the word of faith. I know that everyone talks about the different definitions of faith, especially preachers. You know, we'll have uh, this definition and that definition. But for today's lesson, I want to give you this definition of faith. And that is it's nothing more than your confidence in God. Are you confident enough in God that when God asks you to do something, that you step out and you do it? Do you have that kind of faith in God? If God asks you to do something, you are clear. It's understood. Uh, there is no doubt. You know the direction. You know it's the will of God. As the children of Israel knew that God had asked them, I want you to go to the promised land, and they were on their way. Or have you understood what God asked you to do? And as you begin to undertake that obedience, have you been opposed and have you been challenged? Yes, we all have. And have you have, do you have a relationship with God? Are you so confident in God that I'm going to do it no matter what stands in my way? I'm going to do what God asks me to do. That is what faith is. It is a confidence in God. God, I am confident that you will be with me. I am confident that you've asked me to do this. And I am confident that if I continue to take a step day by day, that I will be victorious in my walk with you. That's what faith is all about. Faith is nothing more than I am persuaded. I am fully persuaded that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he said he would do. Are you persuaded that way or have you become distracted? Or have you become maybe a, a little doubtful uh, in your walk with the Lord? Have you ever thought you were in the will of God and then you were executing what God asked you to do and it didn't go just right and you said, well, maybe, maybe this is not what God wants me to do because there's been a little bit of challenge in a particular area in your life especially when it comes to kids. God, you said that you were going to bless me with some wonderful and some beautiful kids. Father, when they were little, they were wonderful, but now they've grown up, and now I don't know about these kids. But God, you told me you were going to bless me with Junior. As a matter of fact, I named him Seth, a name that's in the Bible. Oh, Lord, I've named, given them all Bible names, Rebecca. And God, and still, they don't act like the people in the Bible. God has blessed us. And so when we begin to live our life and walk our life, we have to be convinced and fully persuaded that God is who he says he is. Let me share a couple of verses with you. By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. 
Do you really believe that God exists and he's there and he's ready to help you and to assist you in your walk in this world? Another great verse. But without faith, without the confidence, without the persuasion that God wants you to have in him, the Bible says it's impossible to please him. God is looking for someone who will act like they believe in him. Do you act like you believe in him? When you're at work, do you act like you have a faith in God? Are you convinced that when the boss says this and says that, are you yet persuaded, are you yet convinced and have a confidence in God that regardless of the scenario, regardless of the event that you may be dealing with in life, are you yet persuaded that you'll have victory in it? When the boss comes and gives you your pink slip, are you yet persuaded and convinced that God will take care of you and that you'll find another, another employment? Are you convinced that when your kids go awry, that they will come back as the prodigal son did? Are you convinced, are you persuaded that God's on your side? The Bible says without faith, without confidence, without persuasion, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Man, where are you in your walk with God? Where are you in your, in your confidence with the Lord? Let me tell you a couple of things. One of the first things that you're going to learn in terms of being with God is that you're going to have to contend for your faith. You're going to have to fight to hold on to your confidence in God. Everything in this world tears and rips and, and tries to distract you from having confidence in the Lord. That's what this world is all about. The enemy wants you to lose your confidence in God. The children of Israel going across the desert, moving across the desert, in the will of God, doing what God asked them to do. And what happens? Amalek shows up. God, where, where did Amalek come from? Why is he here? We are in the will of God, on the road of God, moving where you've asked us to move. And now Amalek goes, shows up. What do you do? You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to say, I know that I'm in the will of God. God has asked me to do this, and now I'm going to fight just as the children of Israel had to fight. What did he say? He said, Joshua, go find me some men that can fight. Are you a fighter today? Are you a fighter for your faith today? Do you believe in it? Do you trust in it? Do you walk in it? That's what he says. Choose me some men to fight. One thing that I get from this story is this, is that sometimes the fight, you're not, a, you're not in the fight alone. You have a church. You have a sister. You have a brother. You have a pastor. You have friends. You can fight. You can get other people to help you in the fight. Have you ever needed someone to help you? I had a best friend of mine. He was a lot bigger than I was. I was a little, little puny, scrawny thing. He weighed about 190. I weighed about 148. That's what my grandson weighs now. Showing how much bigger he is. But anyway, we, man, when we would get into a little confrontation and I was in trouble, I knew I could call my best friend. His name was Donnie. And man, people didn't mess with me because they knew I had Donnie as my friend. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is what we're saying. We're saying that when you get in a fight with the enemy, he needs to be careful because he needs to know and understand you have God Almighty on your side. And so when you get into a fight, you have God. So you can choose a few other brothers and sisters in the Lord and you can go out and you can fight the challenge in your life. You don't have to fight by yourself. You can fight with God's people. And so Moses says, choose me some men. Joshua, go get those men and go out down there and fight Amalek. Man. And you know, Joshua, he was not a chump. 
Joshua was a fighter. He had skills uh, with his sword. And so he knew how to fight. And so we too must learn how to fight when it comes to living our lives in this world that we live in. Moses, uh, Joshua had a sword. We have what? This word of God. This is what we fight with. This is what we have our confidence in. This is what we're fully persuaded. Are you fully persuaded that when you run one of these plays out of this book, that it will achieve the goal, the touchdown that you're looking for? One of the things I remember playing football and growing up, uh, we would get the play sheets. And we would have to study the plays to know what we were supposed to do when the play was called. This is your playbook. This is the playbook to success to how you fight every fight that you deal with, whether it's a relationship fight, whether it's a, a church fight. How do you handle that when someone in church is mad at someone else? How do you handle that fight? Whether it's an employment fight, whether it's a fight, whether it's a struggle in your relationship, whether it's a struggle on your job, wherever the struggle or the fight might be, this is your playbook. And so we take, this is our sword, and we learn how to, with wisdom, how to employ or how to deploy uh, the Word of God, how to release the Word of God, how to express the Word of God, how to live the Word of God with such confidence and such persuasion that we know that we will achieve the victory that God's asked us to do because we believe and we know that we're walking in the will of God. Are you with me there? And so choose some people to go out and fight with you and then fight the good fight of faith. Our fight is not a fight against the devil or against people. It's about maintaining our confidence in God. If I share the gospel of Jesus Christ, will it work? Yes, it will work. I may not see it happen this moment, but I'm believing that the seeds are planted and when someone waters it, when someone plows it and waters it, that it will work. It will eventually work. Are you confident that when you become the forgiving person that you need to forgive, that, that you need to forgive, that it will in fact work? God, you told me to forgive this person and I'm trying, Lord, and matter of fact, I forgave them, but they are still mad and upset with me. Can you pull a forgiving play out? When the quarterback calls, 27-42, or whatever, calls a verse out to you, can you run that play and then allow that play to work in your life? Let me share another verse with you, a verse that comes from uh, 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 Hebrews, the 12th chapter in the first and the second verse, uh, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Uh, you notice that when Moses went on top of the hill, the Bible says he did what? He lifted up the rod of God. All right, what was he doing? He was making sure that he stayed focused on who his victory was in. They raised up the rod of God, and they looked up to God, and they said, God, we're needing help. And so he was doing that, and Joshua went down to do the fighting. And so he stayed focused on God. You see, when you're fighting the good fight of faith, you're going to have to stay focused on the one who gives you victory, and that's God. That's where your confidence comes from. That's, where you're that's, what, that's who you're persuaded in, is in God Almighty. And so you have to stay focused. And so the enemy is going to do everything he can to cause you to lose focus when you're fighting the fight of faith. Man, it's very easy to get distracted in this world. Would you say amen? Very easy. I mean, watching, I mean, the television shows. When I was growing up back in the country with my grandmother, I think we had two television stations. Black and white TV, some of you don't even know about that. Uh, black and white TV, no remote. Your grandfather wanted the television changed, that's what grandkids refer. You sit over here with your grandfather, you watch the show, okay, son, go put it on channel 19. And you would get up 
and you would go and you would put the television on channel 19. And then if they were static and there wasn't a good reception, little sister, you go outside and turn the antenna a little bit till we get a better reception. That was our distraction. Today, uh, the distractions have increased. We have multiple challenges, uh, multiple challenges, channels on our television and many other things that we can be entertained with and we can spend hours and hours and days and days and weeks on the entertainment and we can get busy with all the activities that we can do that's available to us here in our community and we can become distracted and lose focus on our persuasion and lose focus on our confidence in God and that when we're challenged with something and when we're uh, uh, we opposed by something that's outside of the plan and the program of God for our life that we get discouraged why? Because we've lost focus. We're focused on so many other things that we've lost focus. And now our confidence in God is not where it should be. We must know our playbook. We must read our playbook. You must study your playbook. You will not survive. You will not win the fight unless you study the playbook. We must contend for our faith and we must uh, stay focused on our faith. If without focus, you will not win. I love this verse. It says, therefore, we also, since we have surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. What are we doing? Staying focused on the victory that the blood on the cross shed for us has brought us through his, through his shedding of his blood. That victory of eternal life, the blessing, the confidence that we have in God, that we belong to him and that we have a relationship with him. And so we stay focused. We stay focused on Christ. The Bible says, The author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus knew that the victory was coming. He knew that he had to endure some difficult days. He knew it was some difficult hours, but yet he endured it, even the shame that it, was, it seemed that he was going through, but he saw the victory. He had confidence in God. He was persuaded that God, I'm going. He said, I remember uh, the verses said the night before he, uh, before he was getting ready to go to the cross, and he said, God, uh, can we let this cup pass? And is, he said, is there another way that we can accomplish this? And, and, the, and the Bible goes on to say, not my will, but his will be done. It's God's will that you fight the good fight of faith. The Bible says that our faith is going to be tested in the book of James. He says that uh, uh, your faith will be tested. You will have adversity. But the trying of your faith work its patience in your life. Man, what a great verse. All right? And so God wants you to have victory. God wants you to have confidence. God wants you to be persuaded that he is who he says that he is. Another thing that you're going to have to do if you're going to win the good fight of faith is you're going to have to listen. With all the distractions and all the difficulty in life, it seems like our world is filled with noise. Noise and activity all the time. Noise and activity of something trying to get your attention. And so you're going to have to listen to your coach. And what coach do we have? We have the Holy Spirit. 
our coach. He's always there. Have you ever watched a, a boxing match? And then between each round, the fighters go to their corner and their coaches, coaches, okay, I need for you to bring your right up a little bit. Don't drop your hands. Stay off the ropes. Make sure that you keep your head up. Make sure that you keep your defenses up. Don't drop your hands. Stay off the ropes. He tells you over and over again. And he gives you a little pep talk. And then he tells what? Get back out there. That's what he does. Because I'm, I'm persuaded that you can win this fight. I'm convinced that you can win this fight. Get back out there. Do what I've told you. The Bible has given us the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. I love the verse, John 16 and 7. It says, however, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable for you. Or one version says it's to your advantage. How many of you like having the advantage in certain situations? Yeah, one version says it's to your advantage. So God, I thank God for giving me the advantage. How does he give me the advantage? By being my helper by being right there to speak to me and help me. All we have to do is to take the moment and take the time to, to lay aside other voices and hear the voice of God speaking to us that we can, what, win the good fight of faith. The Bible says, uh, depending on, on uh, what versions you look at, this is the amplified version. I like it because it says it's profitable. It's good, expedient, advantageous for you that if I go away, because if I don't go away, the comforter, the counselor, how many need a counselor every now and then, the best counselor? How many even need a helper every now and then, the best helper, an advocate, an intercessor, a strengthener, a standby? He will not come to you until the close fellowship with you, but if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. And so to win the good fight of faith, you're going to have to listen to the Spirit of God as He speaks to you. You cannot, sometimes you, uh, it's good to get advice from other people, but when the Spirit of God drops a direction in your spirit, when He gives you direction that's clearly uh, and, and, and completely for you, then go with it and run with it and believe in your persuasion, in your confidence that God will give you the victory that you need in life. Amen. Isn't that good? I am so, you know, as I was praying this past weekend for my brother-in-law, I'm confident, I am assured that God has heard my prayers, and I know that God is a healer. I know that God touches. I know that, that God blesses. And so, and I know that God hears prayers, and so I'm not going to give up. I'm going to pray and believe and accept uh, God's blessing that I know that he's going to bring to my brother-in-law. I'm convinced. I'm confident. You know, because I spent those hours there talking to the Lord and talking to uh, his spirit uh, and, and hearing his spirit speak to me and say, it'll be, it's going to be okay. Amen? Man, that's good. And so I want to encourage you today to fight the good fight of faith. Another point that I want to bring out to you when it comes to fighting the good fight of faith is that you've got to move forward. Don't just let the enemy push you around. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. Move forward. Remember what Moses said to Joshua? Joshua, go out there and fight. We're, don't, there, here comes Amalek. Don't, we're not just going to stand it. We're going to, let's go out and let's fight him. Let's, not be, let's move forward and let's fight Amalek and not allow him to oppose us and to achieve what God has for my life. Fight. Fight in the faith of God. Fight in the confidence of God. Fight in the persuasion of God. Fight Amalek. Fight whatever, whoever Amalek might be in your life. Fight him. <laughs> 
fight Amalek. And so they moved forward. You cannot help but think about the story of David and Goliath. The Bible says in one verse here, when David and Goliath were meeting each other, he said that David hurried toward the Philistine army. He didn't just stand back, but he moved out. I'm going out to win this thing. Man, isn't that good? Man, I was about to get ahead of myself. I thought about something else, but I'll wait for, for a moment. All right? The Bible says in, uh, in 1 Samuel 17, 48, So it was when the Philistines rose and came out and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistines. Why? He had confidence in his God. Remember in the story of David, it also, say, it also says, who is this Philistine? Who is this that's coming against the Lord of hosts? Who do you think you are? Man, can you imagine that? Do you have that kind of confidence? Oh, we have a little difficulty over here. Okay, your kids are cutting up, no problem. I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to do something else that God asked me to do. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to apply the, the teachings of God, the disciplines of God. I'm going to apply the word of God. I'm going to speak good things on those kids. In your relationship, your husbands and wives, we have challenges and challenges and have passionate debates, passionate discussions, exciting communications, however you want to say it. All right? And then when someone can step up and say, you know what, I love you so much, and, and uh, you know what, I, I, I forgive you. Or you know what, I'm not going to have harsh words, or I'm not going to have a high tone just because you have a high tone in the back of your mind. The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath, Proverbs 15 and 1. All right, and so there's just so many different ways that you can apply the persuasion of God, or the faith of God, or the confidence of God in your life. You pull this playbook out, and you apply the word of God, and you run toward it. You don't wait. You run toward the problem with the word of God in your hand. And it will work every single time, I promise you. Now that we're getting closer to the end, let me just share a couple other things. The Bible says that when Moses was on the hill, that his arms got tired. So there's a physical side, there's a natural side that we have to do. You have to take care of yourself. I mean, that's a responsibility. Sometimes we get so spiritual that we forget about that there are natural elements and natural laws that we have to, that we live by. If I drop uh, this Bible from this uh, stand here, it will fall to the ground because there's something called gravity. It's a natural law. We can get tired. We have physical bodies and we can get tired. And so one of the things the enemy will do, he will help you to drive you and, and convince you and influence you, this world, that you can do it all. You can just run all day long and you can run all night. You can just go, 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 and you can make it because God, but there's a natural law that you have that we live by, and that is this body will get tired and it will have to sit down and rest. Amen. Don't let the enemy convince you in, or this world a convention that you can just go, 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 and you don't have to sit down for a moment and rest your mind and rest your soul and rest your spirit because you can get so tired, and when you're tired, you are open for what? Attack. Have you ever come home from work? Oh, I came home from work one day. Man, it had been a long, long day. Didn't get much sleep the night before working on a project. I came home the next day, and, and my wife... Uh, said something to me about something. I'm like, honey, you just told me about that yesterday, and then you told me about that again last week. Why are you telling me about that again? I didn't want to hear it. I was tired, man. Normally, I'm pretty good about when she tells me and says, you know what, baby, you're dead. I'm going to get to it. You know, you just give her that, give her that answer. I'll get to it. 
<laughs> and, and that is your full intent. You know, it's not as though you're trying to give a falsehood. You're saying, baby, I'm, I'm, it's on the list. Or I guess a better way is say, it's on the list, honey. <laughs> it's on the list. But that day I was very tired. I said, honey, please don't tell me about it anymore. I was tired. I was physically tired, and so I just wasn't able to give that good, calm uh, answer that I needed to give. I didn't yell and, and scream, but I just said, you know, I, but it just wasn't a pleasant answer. Baby, I'll get to it. I didn't want to hear it. I was tired. And so you got to be careful about being physically tired. There's a natural law that you have to deal with. Rest yourself. Take care of your physical body. You are responsible. The Bible says your body is not your own. But you've been bought with a price. Your whole being, they people say, well, that's your spiritual. Your whole, everything about you belongs to God. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And that includes you. You belong to him. Every aspect of your life belongs to the Father. And so you have a responsibility when you get tired to rest yourself. Or when you get tired, you need help, let someone help you. All right? Moses had her, who? He had Aaron and her. They came alongside of him. And they held up his hand. And they helped him the whole, and then what? He won the victory. It's okay to get a little bit of help. If you need a counselor, get counseling. All right? If you need help, let the help come. Let God's people help you, and you can yet achieve the victory. Don't get so much pride to the point where you believe, well, I don't need any help. I can do it by myself. Moses had help to win the victory. The Bible says as long as he stayed focused, he was contending for the faith. He had moved forward. And he didn't allow himself to be idle and set back. The Bible says what? And he prevailed. He prevailed. The good fight of faith is a fight that you win. They won the battle. They won the battle by contending in the struggle. They won the battle uh, by focus, staying focused on who their God was. They won the battle by recognizing and realizing that there are some natural things that I have to do. You know, I've got to walk down here. I've got to get myself in position. I've got to raise my hands up. There are some things that you have to do. Some of us, we get so spiritual sometimes that we don't do the natural things that we ought to do. And then some of us, we do the natural things that we ought to do, and we leave out the spiritual side of it, and we're wondering why this battle is not being complete. We have to get everything going down the same road in the same direction, and you will get the victory. The natural side, uh, the spiritual side, you have everything going down the same road in the same direction, moving in tandem or moving in unison, and you will achieve the victory. Why? Because you have a confidence and a persuasion of who your God is. And here's the best part of this story that I love more than anything else. I don't really think I have a slide for it, uh, but at the end, it, it does say, and, and so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And then the last part, I don't think we have a slide again, it says that The Bible speaks, it says that, write this as a memorial. Write this as a memorial. He said, man, don't forget this victory. Have you ever won a fight and you talk about it all the time? I got Uncle Bubba. He comes to the barbecue, drinking his drink, a little intoxicated, telling about how he used to whoop so-and-so across the street. Every time, the same story. You ever had one of those guys in your story, in your family? I mean, when Uncle Bubba shows up, man, I remember when Big, they, had, they called him Big John. Everybody was afraid of Big John. But I wasn't afraid of Big John because I had strength. I knew I could whip him. Big John was whipping everybody. But when I fought Big John, I knocked him out, knocked him to the ground, 
got down on him and gave him two lefts and two rights. Everyone thought I was the, the, the neighborhood uh, hero because nobody could beat Big John. Whenever we get together, we know the Big John story is coming out. Are you with me? And so think about the victories that you've had in life. Rehearse them in your mind. Rehearse them with your friends. Talk about how you overcame. Talk about how you saw God work. Reminds me of a victory that I had over my 1990 Dodge Caravan. Man, it was an old vehicle. and It was known. They, the, uh, there was a word that the transmissions would go out. And I said, no, not mine. Now, mine's going to last forever. I'm going to do all the maintenance. I'm going to do everything you're supposed to do to make sure this vehicle, uh, this transmission operates properly and that it lasts for a long time. Well, one day it quit. It was starting to quit. And so I decided to take the vehicle to the, uh, to the shop. And so I was on my way to the shop. It was to our home. I was going to drive around the corner. And so I'm on my way, and it would drive for a little bit. It would slip. You know, it would drive for a way, and then stop. And you wait for a minute and shift it three or four times and be patient and pray. And, uh, and, it, was, and it would go a little further. And so, but it got to one point where it wouldn't go any further. I just, nothing I was doing. I had to go to work. I said, Lord. I said, well, I know I couldn't pray and, 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 and the angel come down and fix the transmissions, but I could pray that God would help me. I said, God, I need, to help. I need some help to get my car to the shop. I was trying to get it over here. Man, God is so good. This is a real story. This is no preachers. We embellish stories, and we won't even develop an illustration to tell you. You know, people develop illustrations all the time. It don't have to be true to be an illustration, all right? But, and so, but this one's the truth. And so I, I said, God, I, I need help. This guy pulls up. I said, God, I need somebody that can help me to get to the shop. This guy pulls up in his truck, nice Ford truck. He said, what's going on? I said, I can't get my car. I was trying to get my car to the transmission shop just around the corner. It's no more than about, a, I mean, it's less than a quarter of a mile, right around the corner. I was so close. He said, no problem. I can help him. I said, oh, thank God. I said, well, I think we're going to need a chain. Guess what he said? I got one. Guy gets in his truck, pulls his chain out, hooks it up to my car, and I'm in there, and, and, we, and he pulls me around. We're getting out of the mechanic shop. He says, you know what? I said, what? He said, let me tell you something. He said, I never come this way to work. I mean, this is, I don't know if he believed in Christ or not. He said, I never come this way to work. He said, I, he said, I, don't, he said, I don't even know why I came to work this way today. I knew. Because God's child needs just a little bit of help just to get his car around the street. God can work in some of the smallest ways. And so don't, don't leave God. Be persuaded that God can help you on the, in the small things in life and the big things in life. Have confidence. Be persuaded. And then do what? Write it down for a memorial. Have you a journal of all the victories that you see that God's brought to you in your life. I mean, write it. God, I remember the day back in, you know, especially if you have a wife, they can tell you what happened back in 1922 <laughs> at, at 5 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. If you, if you want to remember a victory, ask your wife, if you're, those of you are married. Ask your, even young daughters can remember things. I know my young daughter, Dad, don't you remember you did? Oh, no, baby, that was, when, Dad, when we were seven years old, and, and, and you took me over here. I'm like, what, when? Don't you remember that day, Dad, I was mad with you? I mean, uh, this, is not, this is a joke I always say, you know, I, I think all girls make A's in history. <laughs> Uh, so when your son comes home and didn't get an A in history, don't be mad at him. It's just he, he's born with it, okay? <laughs> Not going to get an A in history. Uh, but anyway. <laughs>
but write it down as a memorial. He said, remember this. And he said, then I love this part where he says, remember the Lord God. The word is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord God, my banner. So wherever the banner of God is waved, you demonstrate your confidence and your persuasion in your walk with God. I don't know who is this for today, but I believe today that this, this message is for someone in this room. That you are to fight the good fight of faith. To not give up on your persuasion and not give up on your confidence that you have in God. But if the sun comes up and the sun goes down, to continue the fight until you prevail. Stay focused on God. Move forward. Contend. And wave the banner of God. For He is our Jehovah Nisi, the Lord God, our banner. Amen? Stand up on your feet with me. Let me pray for you. How many of you have to fight this week? You're fighting. I mean, I mean, we're fighting. Now let's just pray about it. Let's just pray about it. Let's just believe. You know, Jesus prayed this for Peter. He said, Peter, I have prayed that your faith fails not. Man, there's a word of God. And so we always want to pray for those things that we know that are in line with the word of God. I believe it is in line with the word of God that we pray that our faith fails not, that nothing is able to get in between us and God, that there is no, uh, no hindrances, nothing that separates us uh, from the faith that we have in God, the confidence we have in God, the persuasion that we have in God. And so I'm going to pray today that for our congregation, this one here, Elevation Church, that you don't lose your persuasion, that this work is a God work, that your pastor is following the leading of the Lord in his life. Because it can become discouraging as you begin to push and you begin to deal with all the different aspects of building your church and, and strengthening your church and having people come to your church. It can be a challenge. You can yet know that you're in the will of God and it seems everything is opposing you. The city is opposing you. The people sometimes, sometimes your church people oppose you. Uh, I can say that because, you know, uh, but sometimes they, sometimes they oppose you and, that, and we want to get with your pastor. He may feel that sometimes, but let's believe that the faith that he has and the faith of this congregation fails not. That you push, that you're persuaded, that you're convinced that if you come to church every week, if you do your part that God's asked you to do, that you'll see a growth, you'll see prosperity, and you'll see the fulfillment that God has for this church where you are. Oh, oh I pray today that you, your faith fails not as individuals, and I pray that the faith of this church fails not but that it accomplishes what God has intended for it to accomplish. Bow your heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just bless your name today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Father, we're excited that we have our confidence in you. We're excited because we recognize who you are in life. God, you are Jehovah Nisi, the Lord God, our banner. God, you are our shepherd. God, you walk with us. God, you lead us. God, into green pastures. Father, we have confidence in you today. Father, we don't have to fear because of our relationship with you. Father, we thank you for the blood that was shed on the cross. We thank you, God, that you have given us your spirit to live with us and to abide with us. God, we have your spirit as our helper, our comforter, God, our strengthener, our standby. Help us, oh God, to listen when you speak to us. Help us, oh God, to stay on track 
and not be distracted by the numerous elements of life that tend to draw our attention. God, as we're walking and we see things in our peripheral vision, help us to stay focused and not turn to the left and not turn to the right, but to stay on track. I'm believing, God, that you give us confidence that our relationships will be what you call them to be according to your word, that our children will be who, you, who they need to be according to your word. God, that we'll be successful in our careers and on our jobs, uh, God, because it's not about the job, it's not about the career, it's about us giving you the opportunity to live your life in us no matter where we are. I'm believing, God, that we're, they're gonna be the, we're gonna be the best employers, employees uh, that a company can have. I'm believing, God, that we're gonna be the the best leaders uh, that an organization can have because we're going to have our confidence and our persuasion that in everything that we do, that we execute uh, the word of God, we execute our lives, God, according to your word. God, I'm believing that the example of Jesus is going to be seen in everyone in this place. I'm believing, God, that the faith of God is going to be demonstrated in this church and that every week uh, that this church is going to grow and it's going to achieve, that it's going to do those things that you've called it to do because this church, God, I speak, we receive the persuasion of God here. We perceive, we receive the confidence of God in this church. And we're believing, God, as we move forward, that we're going to fight the good fight of faith. Father, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against people. We're not fighting against the city. Father, we're fighting to maintain our confidence in you that you will fulfill your plan and your program for Elevate Church. Oh, just think for a moment. Think about the victories that God has already brought your life. Think about the days that you thought that victory was lost, but yet victory came. Think about the days that you had a quick victory, a long victory. Think about the fight that you're in right now. I, I'm, I'm speaking to those that are in a long fight, that you've been in a struggle today. And I'm speaking to you today that continue to maintain your confidence in God. Continue to be persuaded that when it's all said and done, that you will get the victory. Paul said this. He said, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. No matter what happens, no matter how it works out, you know that you have laid hold unto eternal life. And so when you tell other people that you are a child of the king and you witness that, you will be opposed. But be assured that God will bless you. You will get the victory. Maintain your confidence. Maintain your persuasion in Christ Jesus. Amen.